Welcome to 73 of the Bobby Cast with Jaron Johnston. It's funny because when I, I talk to people about you, and it, and it depends who I'm talking to because it's like you live two lives. Uh-oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay, see. It's the Jaron that they're like, you know, we're riding with Jaron. Right. Jaron's great rider. And then it's, we were out with Jaron. Yeah. <laughs> and Cadillac 3, like, yeah. it's like Jaron... The guy, the cerebral Jaron that sits in a room and crafts songs is one person that people talk about. Yeah, he exists. And then Jaron of the Cadillac 3 is a whole different person. He also exists, unfortunately. It's like an urban legend that people talk about. Yeah, that's funny. That is true. I never thought about that. So, and, and it just depends who you talk to because I'll bring in some people and they really only know you as in town riding in a room. Right. And then I bring in some people that know both. That know, yeah, they, they can just go out on the road with you. Yeah. So I, I think we'll, we'll we'll get into that a little bit as we go. But uh, we both played uh, Watershed this weekend. Yeah, it was great. We, it's far. It is far, man. I took a red eye home from. Seattle. Yeah, I did too last night to do the brutal. radio show today. And it was brutal. I had my, my son's fourth, or I guess it would be four month birthday, which is not even really a birthday, but you celebrate every little thing when you have a new kid. Um, and so I was home when he woke up. So that was important, you know, that was really cool. But has that changed your life, like and how you think about a little bit. Being on the road all the time? It 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 makes it harder to you know, I mean everybody says that, you know, Dirk's will yes, Dirk's yeah, as soon as I had Knox, you know, and that's you know, the girls, but like it changed when I had Knox, you know, like when I had Jude or when Evan had Jude, my wife, we were like it didn't really get real till about two months in and I was out on the road for a month and I was like, Oh crap, man, this is that's pretty brutal, you know what I mean? Because you're seeing videos of oh, he's rolling over. I missed that. Did you feel like he grew in that month when you came back? You were like, holy oh, crap. Dude, yeah, he's huge. Dude, I was gone for six days this last time. He's he's probably... Got a mustache or he's what? Got a, he's driving. <laughs> he's bought a house. He's dating this model. <laughs> it's unreal. That Watershed Festival's up. It's in... The George. Gorge. The Gorge, yeah. Yeah, George... George is it, The town's called George, though, right? And it's in know. the Gorge. I don't know what it's called, yeah. It's on the Columbia River. It's and it's like gorgeous. two, uh, you, you go to Seattle and you drive for a couple to few hours. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're called Shedders and they're hardcore. Yeah, like, they stay up there. I mean, a lot of those festivals are like that, that BOC does, but like they, you know, there's nowhere to go. I mean, what do you, you can't, if you leave, where do you go, you know? I mean, and they pay like 500 bucks for a tent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's awesome. Man, so where do we start with you? I think we'll start live. I think I want to start with some of the riding stuff first. So why don't we start with your... By the way, I heard you couldn't pull into the driveway because your truck was too big. Is that true? Yeah. Well, your Jeep was in the middle. You know, come on. Your Jeep was kind of in the middle. I mean, I do live here. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> I, I do live here. And I, I was kind of parked there first before. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, you're parking like a dick. Yeah, it's yeah, my yeah. house, all right? <laughs> you're taking up two spots. No, I'm not. I'm taking up my spot. Well, I was going to park on the road, but I just couldn't maneuver it. How, but how big of a truck do you... I it's didn't not like, too big. It's just like a... Big Tundra. Have you seen Kip's truck? It's bigger than Kip's truck. It's bigger than Kip's truck. Yeah, Kip's always trying to beat me, so he kind of goes and gets trucks. So you must have a big truck. I mean, it's a a jack. You have a lift lift on it? Yeah, but it it came like that. You know, I have a buddy that... Yeah, I'm not that guy. I got Vans slip-ons You say you're on, not. Okay? You say you're not that guy. How big's your lift? I'm. Wearing, it's like three inch, and I got an MC5 shirt on. Come on, bro. All right. But it's like you're balancing everything out. I'm trying. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard one. All right, let's start. You know who was in? Uh, Tom Douglas was in, and I, that guy. I, I didn't know what to expect from Tom. Ninja. You know, you get this guy coming in, and he's, you're like. I was reading about him. It's like he's one of the older guard. You know, Tom mm-hmm. Douglas been around, but he didn't get his first hit till his 40s. So he's right. got this whole. And he was talking about raise them up, and you know you and Tom. You know, 
So you guys wrote this together. And he was telling a story about Urban, and he was like, hey, I don't know if I can sing this line about right. the America part. Yeah. I, that didn't even cross my mind. Like, I sent it to him first, and I texted him. I was like, man, I got this song. This thing is nasty. And we just finished the demo, you know, like written it two hours before that day. To Keith. You sent it to Keith. Yeah. Yeah. And Abby was, my publisher was in the room, and she goes, this is huge. This is a game changer for somebody. We just didn't know who I was. Like, I'm going to send it to Keith first because he gave me, I had my first hit with him. And he's always been really nice to me and to my family and stuff. And so I sent it to him. I didn't even think about the USA or the, you know, what is it? I can't remember what the line is, but it's an American, you know, cross your heart thing, whatever. And uh, and then he just said, yeah, I want it. It's mine. You know, first thing back. So it didn't even cross. What did Tom say about it? He said that it didn't cross his mind either, but that Keith felt uncomfortable. He's like, can... You know, will people really take me serious if I'm, right. if I'm singing a song about, like, the hot... And so... Was that your Australian accent? It is my Keith accent, yeah. <laughs> I was only just texting with Keith, like, five minutes ago, too, about a whole different thing. Me, too. And is so, it that video? Oh, he sent you the trap cowboy? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he sent it to me and Eric, ironically. Eric. Church. Okay, he sent me... Uh, hold on, I'll just read it to you. Cause That's you're not, hilarious. You know what I'm talking about, then. Yeah. Hey, Mike, I messed up my screen over here, if you can fix it. He sent me... Urban sent me this thing. It says "Trap Country." Yeah, he said, "Tell me if you think this is funny." And it's a you know a guy in a cowboy hat, kind of an overweight guy with a mustache. It's like Danny McBride, kind of. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we supposed to make of this oddly catchy trap country song? And then he said, "I'm gonna give me some of these yellow pants and get a gangsta boat." Like oh yeah, this. he said. Me, mine was a little less uh, politically correct. It was pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, yeah. So he, yeah, Tom just said that Keith felt a little bit uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And then he was like, I don't... Well, he's from Australia. Yeah, I don't know that people will take me serious. Right. And so it was like, he thinks... He wasn't sure who it was. Maybe the, the who produced the song was like, hey, why don't we call somebody right. who like personifies America? And so they called freaking church. I guarantee that was it. I mean, I, and I didn't know. I was over in that side of town one day, and I knew that they were cutting that song that day because you just... You hear... And he texted me, and I was kind of hanging around Blackbird over there just kind of wasting time thinking that maybe I could pop in, you know? And sure enough, he texts me. He says, hey, do you come out of the studio? I go, where you at? Blackbird? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, sweet. I'm right down the street. And so I popped in there, and and he goes, I want you to hear it. I was like, cool. And I walk in there, and, you know, Eric's there. And I was like, what the fuck is Eric Church doing here, you know? And we're all friends, so it's cool. And then he came in that second verse. And I was, Keith had said it was a duet now. And I was like, oh, man, maybe it's Miranda or something. But they just did that with uh, We Were Us song. And I was like, man, this is like, that's like my two favorite contemporary country artists, like the, on both ends. You know what I mean? It's like, there was a time when I, when I started writing, I didn't listen to, to country radio unless Keith was on. You know what I mean? And they weren't playing Eric yet. So it's pretty cool to have both those guys do a song that big. And if I was going to give that away, then that's a good one to do. That's know? a weird thing for you, too, is that, again, a lot of people know you as the writer. Right. And you do give a lot of great songs away. And is that because it's not the right time? Yeah. Or do they not fit sometimes? Like, what's the process with when Jaren... Well, our band's different, you know? You are... You're, sure. It's a different thing. It's like, we raise them up, though. We, I mean, looking back on it, anytime anybody asks me about that, I, I'm, that's the one that I kind of kicked myself. But I'm, I had such great success with that. I got to go to Grammys, you know? I mean, I got to do crazy things because of that song. And I don't know that... I mean, let's be honest. I don't know that Cadillac could have gotten it half as far as they did maybe that song would have carried it's 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 you know done its job but i don't think we were that band yet 
um, like meanwhile back at Mama's, I don't think I was, you know, I think I don't think like Keith said, I don't think people were taking me serious at that time. Now, with our, the way our bands have kind of grown and it's morphed into something where it's you know we're on our own, we're doing our own thing. I think that Raise Them Up would have been great for this next record that we're doing. You know what I mean? Like, but it is it's tough to look back on some of those songs that I gave away and you know any of the guys ever go man I wish you would have kept that one for us oh yeah they do well Neil our drummer writes quite a bit too and he you know he wrote Payback for Flats and I was like he, I, it was on the radio before I'd ever even heard it and I was like how dare you man that's like we would have had a hit with that song you know what I mean if we were really trying to have hits we would have worked that one you know what I mean because that was right down the middle and I think people would believe me singing that a lot more than Gary you know I think that's why they had trouble with that song, but yeah. So we we go through that daily. So you don't run songs by each other, then we do now. We have a. Oh, so there was a that, yeah. there was a breaking There's point. A come to Jesus. <laughs> I think it was raise them up happened and uh, and payback happened, and we were all kind of like, all right, let's let's start having weekly bus band meetings, you know, or whatever, which just means we get hammered and make fun of each other's songwriting. So if there's a majority vote. Will you hold it for yourself? Yeah, yeah. Will it be a vote? I send it in. Whenever I turn a song in, I say, if I even think it might be a TC3 thing, I'll, I'll say, hold for TC3, please. And they'll be like, sweet, great, you know? And then a lot of times they're like, when I say, all right, you can pitch that, they're like really happy because they have, you know, they, they, they're good at their job. They have a lot of luck with that stuff, so. But yeah, it's weird. It's a constant thing that we battle with now, which is smart, you know? Yeah, it's weird and I don't think I've ever said publicly who it is I'm not going to tell you who it is but uh, someone came to me once probably like a year and a half ago and they were like hey please don't put Cadillac 3 on your radio show please don't don't wow. and you I was not tell me who that is and I was like it's, and it's somebody that I, that I respect right I've never told the story by the way wow but I feel like I want to tell this it to is, you I knew something like this was going to happen I feel like I want to tell it to your face because I'd rather tell it to your face than in front of some text than, would than, be weird too than, or, or you just hear it on the radio right right but because I'm a fan of you guys oh, and, when, thanks, and when White Lightning came out I was you know I was, oh, I was yeah, like yeah. man I love this song like I was disappointed the song didn't, didn't right. do but you guys are again you're so different right. and it's it's so hard to move a culture oh yeah uh, but someone came to me and said hey would you please not put Cadillac Three on your radio on your show? That is so hate, that's and I, hateful. And I, it is, it is. And I and I stupidly said, I was like, "Why? What's the deal?" They were like, "I want to be the one to break them." Oh, okay, that's cooler. And I was like, "Okay, but the problem." You see how like I got? You see how I get, man? Ooh. But but I was like, like I get it, right? But they I think did. I have a pretty good shot of breaking yeah. like a song. They were like, "Just promise me, like you'll give me like a time." Like I could probably name I, out of if I had three or four guesses who that I wouldn't let you get I wouldn't no, let no, you no. guess but, but I bet I I bet I'm and I and, and I and I stupidly made the promise and I was like and it's not gonna I think it's gonna be all what you guys in the record comes out in August right. I mean it's almost August now but I think that that cycle ends once your new record comes oh, yeah. out come on man <laughs> yeah like I can't hold you I can't blackball you oh, forever because it wasn't nothing personal but you guys have never been on the show but I made a promise yeah. to this person I was like okay. I'm gonna give you a but shot. Now everything makes a little bit more sense. We just thought you hated us. No, not time. not at all. <laughs> like kidding. like zero. But no. that, someone came and I said, I said, just in a moment of stupidness, I was like, okay, fine. Okay, sure, like man, if that's what you, I don't like. I don't have to break everybody. Like there's right. a lot of people doing awesome things. Yeah. And so yeah, that's why. That's never, funny though. That's why you never that's been on the radio show. 
that that's interesting. Because I would play. Because I was gonna have you guys come in and, and do White Lightning. Because I freaking loved I that song. I remember seeing the tweet that you said. This I was is like, jam this is I lo- like I listen to it. Not, it's one of the songs you rarely get and you just play on repeat because you just oh, love cool. it so much. Awesome. I just sonically I loved it. Thank you. Buddy. And uh, but I was like, right when I was about to make the, the t- 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 I was like, I promise I wouldn't have him on that's the show. So funny. But that sucks, right? So like that's how it works in the radio world. <laughs> it's good to know. Not yeah. not all the time. <laughs> yeah, I I I'll never let that happen again. Right. That's well, that, dude. That, at least somebody. I like this. Then. That's good. Yeah. I, maybe I can tell you off the air. Yeah. Off the air. I just want to throw him under the bus. What up? That sounds so country. I don't know if you're being facetious or not. No, I tell you. <laughs> okay, I can hear a little bit of twanging in the voice. I, but I, don't, I hear you guys, and I know you say you're different, but everything's different now. Right. Like it's all, avenues for it, everybody. What I've said forever is that all formats do this, but country's now getting big enough to where it can have its own and the term top 40 really doesn't mean pop like pop and only pop means popular it doesn't right. mean like in the 80s poison was pop right in the 90s ha- hammer was pop you know in the 2000 it doesn't matter pop just it all shifts right, right. and i think there's a top 40 with that kind of for lack of a better term in country where there's all these avenues in country now right. and the bigger each little ladder is the traditional and you got the really traditional guys and kind of the rock guys and the, right. the far left guys and the people that all climb the ladder and it's kind of like a little top 40 in the, the country format. But the, with the invention of YouTube and Spotify and like it almost doesn't matter anymore. No, I, I mean that's – dude, our band's a great example of – I mean we've had – I think our top song was like at 33 or something. The South got to 33. But I mean – we can still go anywhere in the world and sell out a club, which is something else. You know what I mean? So it's like when we get to 40 on the country charts, we're like, hell yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we're, I mean, for some reason, for a band like us, it translates in a way that, you know, I, we have real fans, which is, I, I think that's the coolest thing because, I mean, like we talked about Eric Church earlier, his story is amazing. You know, watching him sell his clubs out at, with no radio forever, and then it just happened. And, and then when radio started playing him, he was able to really take advantage of that because he built this fan base on his own. And so it's like, that, that to me, that's where you win. You know what I mean? So. And to you, though, you know, to be honest, like you're making pretty good money writing, too. Yeah, I do. Okay. I mean, I do. Yeah. You got a big truck with lip. You know, you can't even fit in my driveway. Hey, I, like, you're doing pretty good. I didn't I didn't drive the Tesla because I didn't want you to make fun of me. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I bought it for my wife, though. So. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to save the world, man. Of course. One song at a time. Carbon footprint. <laughs> you can make that thing less and less. Let's talk about some of this. If you talk about Keith a minute ago. Talk about the song right here. Yeah, that's my first number one, man. I put a whistle in there. Did you hear that? No, let me hear it again. What's, do the whistle right now before it plays. What, what am I listening for? It's like a like a whistle, like a, a damn, I don't know, like contest win. Oh, it's not a... No, it's one it's of those... Like a, yeah, no, it's like a literally like... All right, here we go. Ready, set... Hold on. I told you. <laughs> That's really in the song. Yeah, yeah. Did, yeah. Whose idea was it for the whistle? I was not in the room. I think that was a Dan Huff thing. But you could be a is that like, like a football coach? Like telling know. the team, let's go? Not, I've it. never heard Whatever that. It it's probably that. somebody going like that on a MIDI keyboard, but it's still rad. When was this song? This was 2010. I wrote this with 
and the low cash guy. And you could be a song. Yeah, and the crazy thing about the song is it took forever. Oh, dude. Like 40-something weeks. For, I mean, but no. That's not forever now. No, I'm, I'm like, talking about, isn't this the song that they put on hold the flood hit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true, yeah. Like, and all these guitars get... Even before the song made it, like, it was like, we're going to put it on hold, yeah. the Nashville flood hit, you know, everybody stopped recording everything for a while. Yeah. And even before that, Jimmy Wayne had it on hold, and Jimmy Wayne, this is, this is bad, I probably shouldn't say this, but... He, uh, Preston already did, so you can tell the yeah. story, yeah. Well, he, well, I, I had a writing session, one of my first big writing sessions was with Jimmy, Rain, Jimmy Wayne at the old famous building down at that yoga place now, uh, on the corner of... Well, anyways, Grand and whatever it is. And me and this guy named Greg Becker were riding with him. Jimmy was an hour late, comes in, says, what do y'all do? And I go, I'm Jaron, I'm in a band, I write songs. He goes, I, I kind of in a southern rock kind of thing. He goes, well, I don't do southern rock. And I went, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh, no. And then he asked Greg what he did. He said, I'm a songwriter. That's kind of why we're all in the room here, bud, you know. And I started throwing him some gold, what I thought was good, you know. And he was like... It's like, man, this, I'm not feeling this this day. He was in there seven minutes, man. We got it and walked out. And so that was my first big song. Like, I think he was on Valerie at the time. Uh, it was my first big country star to come in, right? And I was like, well, this is terrible. This is a, this is hard. You know, this is going to be a lot harder than I thought it was. And then, you know, like a year or two later, we did You're Gonna Fly, and he Jimmy put it on hold immediately and wanted to cut it. And they had to call him and tell him because once Keith, because holds are a big deal. You know, they really respect holds in Nashville. Uh, which is awesome. It's an honor system. It's really good. It keeps everybody kind of level. And but we called Jimmy immediately. I was like, I was like, Jimmy, <laughs> <laughs> just because I was, you know, he, dude, the seesaw, man. It's it's you know, yeah, you gotta, come on, man, <laughs> karma. And so it ended up being a big hit for me. But yeah, man, that was that's a funny, yeah, that whole thing though with the flood and everything. And yeah, I thought I was writing for Low Cash. I was like, why is that Low Cash doing this? You know, I don't know. You never know. And then Keith had it, held it put it away for a while yeah. flood, hit. flood hit like I, I, like for like a year he never touched it yeah it was a long time it was we were starting to be like oh gosh you know we lost this one and we could have had Jimmy Wayne hit <laughs> <laughs> I mean I love Jimmy Wayne yeah oh yeah me too he's fan yeah yeah fan club alright let me talk about sleep number for a second alright so uh, yeah sleep number bed Oh, cool! In my bed right over there. I'll no, show. I'll show. I'll show you on the way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard. <laughs> no, you haven't. You definitely haven't heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do talk about my sleep number bed and how well I sleep, and my sleep number setting is thirty. You know, my friends at Sleep Number have introduced the most amazing bed ever. Listen to what I say the things about it. It's the Sleep Number Three Hundred and Sixty Smart Bed. Now I'm going to say things about it. It is a smart bed that lets you choose your firmness and support on each side, even if it's two different people on the bed. And now with new responsive air technology, the bed senses your every move and automatically adjusts to you so you stay sleeping comfortably throughout the night. And so it like moves when you move. It's predicting. I guess it's predicting. I don't know. These, these things are so cool. You sleep so good in them. Did you know that many of us fall asleep faster if the bed's warm? The Sleep Number 360 smart bed is so smart it can pre-warm the bed for you. And so, here we go. My sleep number setting is a 30. It's in the house where I am now. I love it. My sleep IQ score last night was in the 90s. Right now, 200 to 500 bucks off on the sleep number 360 smart bed. 550 stores nationwide. Call 800 next bed or sleepnumber.com to find the store near you and tell them that I sent you. Let me do this one here. This is uh, Frankie Ballard. You me like fire, shot me like a bullet. 
tell me about this guy. Do you know Frankie at all? Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Okay, so I don't know Frank. I mean, I don't really, ha- I don't really know anybody unless they come to the studio right. or I'm on the road with them because I do that radio show and then I leave town. Right, right. And so I don't have a lot of artist friends. Yeah, I have, I have buddies. Dirk's a buddy. Pasley's a buddy. Yeah, good dude. Urban, pretty good buddy. You Australian, know. but good dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I don't know Frankie at all. He's cool. How like what? Artist wise, is he good? I think he's really good. Like he actually, Keith put up a video there. I saw that, man. That's why I'm asking that because I saw rad. him playing together. And I was like, I didn't know he was. They're doing like, like pocket full of ch- or I can't remember what they were doing. Some Steve Earle song, yeah. something like that. Um, and they're going back and forth. They're yeah. trading legs. Yeah, it was killer, right? And uh, the first right when Frankie came into town, he was like, you know, wearing the leopard print jacket, like doing the Elvis thing. You know what I mean? And he signed to Warner Brothers. And it was a lot to take, I think, for a lot of people. But I was like, man, this guy's rad. You know, he talks like he's 50 years old, and he calls everybody a young man. You know, he's like, man, I'm, I'm four years old, and you don't come. <laughs> whip your ass. <laughs> so it's like, that's actually Kip's story. He, he said that to Kip, and Kip was like, man, he kind of hurt Kip's feelings. Because, like, anyways, he's a sensitive guy. Um, but, so I think he's great, man. He's a great guitar player. He's from Michigan. So he has a lot of that... Um, What's old bud? That's Seeger. Yeah, Seeger in him. And, you know, if you listen to, it's really funny. If you listen to Kid Rock, Bob, or uh, old bud, Uncle Cracker, sing, and they're all from the same area, and you hear Frankie sing, it's, it's, I can't tell the three of them apart sometimes when they do certain songs. Like, on that song, he sounds, like, that would have been an Uncle Cracker slam dunk, man. They all have this little rasp thing. Who'd you write that with? Luke Laird. That's interesting. He's been in here. Luke. Like, Luke Laird's crazy. Like, awesome. He's a man, dude. Like, he's one of my favorites, man. I'll just watch his Twitter, and he'll pull out the little... Oh, dude, yeah. They all light up and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and we spent probably 20 minutes of this talking about him writing with Snoop, him writing with Future. Yeah. I mean, what I appreciate about him and about a lot of artists is that you're, you're taught you only like country. Right. And that's what you need to say. And Luke Laird's like... Screw that, man. No, man. He's but he'll he'll pop out a Daryl Singletary, yeah, cassette tape, and then a you know some rent like Fab Five Freddy or something. You know what I mean? Like he's 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 awesome. We need to raise him up. Just want to kind of run through the catalog for a second. Um, Baby, if you want a good time, we can get Billy song, don't it? I just yeah, I always forget about that one. How do you, how do you forget? Man, is, is he does, it, you write a lot. I mean, it's like radio shows for you. Know? Like I do it every day. You know? But. Here's the difference. If I did one radio show that paid me a lot more than the others, right, yeah. I think I would remember them more. I remember the days, you know what I mean? But you just, you know. I know you write like a thousand songs. It's a lot. And I do like a thousand radio shows. Yeah. But if I did one radio show that paid me a lot more than the other ones, I would remember those. Yeah. I mean, I remember them, but it's hard to, it's like, you know, you have, I mean, I've had, I've been very blessed and had a lot of success and so you just... It kind of gets grouped in this. Once you get past this certain amount of songs, like I bet, I bet if you had Red Akins in here or any of those guys, Dallas, he couldn't name every one of them if he wanted to. I know? bet it's got to be weird too to try to remember for things when people ask you like who you co-wrote the song with because yeah, it's probably- that one's usually easy for me because, like I said, you remember the day because you're like. You always want to remember. I, mean, I remember. I'm the one that came up with that line, or whatever. That deer on the deer head on the wall. That wasn't my line. I don't hunt. You know what I mean? So I know that wasn't me. Um, stuff like that. So I, I remember the the songwriters most of the time, unless it's like like Ashley Gorley and Ross. I've had a couple hits with, 
And so those get kind of what what day was what. You know, I mean, that kind of thing is confusing, but I don't know. It's weird. Tom Douglas was talking about in rights, and I haven't heard anyone describe it like this before. He says, you know, you fall into a role. There's always yeah. the creator, which is important, and there's always the editor, right. which is very important. But if you get two creators at the same time, they're super creating. Yeah. Sometimes they can the, the song just won't roll, and sometimes you're the guy that's running it, and sometimes you're the guy that's not. I think half the uh, half the the thing of being, you know, a hit songwriter or or just having luck with it is knowing your role in the room and being extremely lucky too because there's a lot of dudes that are really good writing great songs and they never get heard just because they're not in the circles that are and people people are picking from right now you know it's like it's it's really wild but yeah what Tom was talking about that that whole thing is and then you have you have exceptions like me and Tom are both like creator dudes but I kind of do the I can do track stuff as well. It's hard to explain. Um, I mean, you write songs. You know how it goes, kind of. Right? Write terrible songs. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you write funny songs. I, write songs. I enjoy the I write. Starbucks thing. It's really good. Um, yeah. But so, you know, we kind of, Tom and I know our roles together, and we, we kind of just both help out for everything. And if we have somebody that comes in, like a lot of times Tom and I will write with a new artist, and it's always a lot of fun to see if they're going to fall into their role or if they're going to be like, no, nah, man, let's... I'm like, dude, you're sitting in here with Tom Douglas A. And I mean, I, I'm okay at what I do. You know what I mean? Tom's a ninja songwriter. It's like, j- just listen for one second. That's another thing I'd like to tell artists. If you're starting to write songs with hit songwriters or whatever, people that just really passionately do this for a living, go in and listen for a minute before you come in hot-dogging because everybody's got a record deal, man. You know? <laughs> Let me play advocate for a second. Double yeah. advocate for yeah, a second. Yeah. If I walk into a room and I have walked in... And- it's a different situation because I'm not I'm right. a comedy writer I write jokes right, right. I do stand up you know I'm not a song you know I play like 13 chords that's yeah. about it max out about you, you, max out about 12 three, so. maybe 13 yeah. yeah but I don't do the truth I, you know you right. do three chords you do three, I do three chords of a bunch of crap so I need more guitar I need, I need more chords yeah I need some yeah. serious guitar yeah 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 so I'll go in and I'll like I've written with Ross and yeah, yeah. these guys are my buddies so yeah. I go in and I always feel like it's jail where you gotta go in and punch the biggest guy in the face immediately so they know you're <laughs> like you're not just there and scared right. so I'm like I'm here here are all my ideas take them there's there's people that are really good that should do that there's people that are not good that should not do that that's all I'm saying but I, and I'm not good, but I still do that. So now I'm figuring out the problem. Well, I mean, I remember, I remember hearing stories of old school guys, you know, like before I kind of came into the scene, like of people, and I'm not going to name their names because they're friends of mine now, but like they'd be like, hey, hey, bud, trust me, I know. All right, let's, let's, let's just go with, go with me on this. One. Wasn't that you at one point, point though? Points at the plaques on the wall. Now I do that as a joke, you know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I was always. You know, when I started writing, I'd come in as an artist, and but I was doing both. You know, kind of so it's weird, but I thought I was the best guy in the room, and a lot of times I was, a lot of times I wasn't. But I found out the hard way, but by, by somebody being like, I, wrote, I remember the first time I wrote with Marty Fredrickson. You know who Marty is? He wrote Jaded and all these like huge Aerosmith songs. Oh, so yeah, big, okay, big, yeah, big yeah, yeah. Cat. And we were out in L.A. and we went out there to write. This is a long time ago, and he comes in on a motorcycle. You know. It just comes in. All right, what do you need? You need hits? I got hits. Ah, I'll hit you. You know, whatever. <laughs> like, you don't want to write hits? Don't waste my time. And I'm just sitting there going, like, whoa. And he was, he was like, on fire. 
And then I was like, okay, well, I had this thing. I kind of want to write this Beast of Burden kind of idea. And I start playing this thing. And he's just like, save me, I'm falling to him, cuts and piss, and I want to cut. I mean, he just starts spitting fire. And Neil and our my drummer, we were just sitting there going like, well, shit, if you're that good, come in and be that guy, I guess. Because he was great, you know what I mean? And then I learned a lot from that because I judged him immediately. But then I was like, wow, there's a reason he's like that. because he's probably the best in the game at this point, you know what I mean? And he's also the voice for Almost Famous. Oh, yeah? Fever You bring up something interesting. So when you start as a writer and you're the writer, mm-hmm. not the artist, because you're not writing for yourself. Let's right. say you're, you're writing. When you first start, who was one of the artists you sit down with and you're like, wow, like this is crazy. Like what's happening on my life right now? I get to write for yeah. X. That was Keith probably when first that was my after my Jimmy Wayne wonderful story um, in LA I was out there and my manager at the time said or Abby Burkhalter Adams my publisher said you might get a phone call Joe Fisher's trying to hook you and uh, Keith Urban up I was like okay cool you know um, and sure enough hey Jaron it's Keith Urban that's my Australian <laughs> and and so he came up to this. I was staying at this ridiculous house. My NR guys, you know, Hollywood Hills, cocaine on the floor, you know, house. And uh, he, so Keith comes over, man, and he, we get in there and we start writing. And he's like, man, you know what? We need an amp. I was like, all right. I didn't have anything because I'd flown out there. So we drive down to this music store at the bottom of the hill in Burbank. He walks in there, Keith Urban. He's, he's a rock star then, you know. Um, walks in and buys like the first, you know, Deluxe CCs or whatever, and they bring carry it out to them car to the car and everything for him, you know. And I'm like, all right, man, they never do that for me. And he goes, yes. <laughs> he goes, it's amazing what what people do when you get have a little bit of money, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we go up to the top of the hill and we start writing. We wrote a song called um, Fireworks. Happened to be right before Kelly, or uh, not Kelly Clarkson, but Katy Perry put out Fireworks, so that one got shelved for a bit, but it's still good. Um, but we kind of had that we, we made a relationship <clears throat> and the whole time in the room I'm like I had my computer set up and I'm like every time you look away I'm sneaking like the snapshot where you get like a picture of me and him yeah and <laughs> it's like everyone I'm like blurry where he's and I'm like I, I, I could kill it before he looks back at the screen just so people would believe that I was in the room with him you know something but yeah that was my first moment you know I've had a lot of those man where you just like it's hard to be yourself you know because you're just freaking out the whole time Steven was like that, that Tyler Steven Tyler thing even for me on the radio and I don't to me there's only been two people had uh, two maybe three that I've been like this is so cool that I'm a little on tilt right right because I do it all the time right that right. it's just what I do and it's what I'm good at me too but I'm telling you you know but you're not you're also not being in there hey what do you think of this idea but I also got to be know, funny. That's true. And I also have to be different than every other because I'm right. I'm supposedly like the big guy, you know, right, right. the biggest show in the world. You, you, people come in there, and so they expect something. Right. And so Stephen Tyler came in, and I was like, "This is not even real." Yeah, he'll turn. He'll get you. He's seventy, and he's and he's yeah. like he's like he's thirty eight. He's always on fire, man. Wow, all the time. I just was like, "How does the assistant deal with this all the time?" Dude, it's yeah. He he's a he was super kind. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, super kind. And but I I felt like he was so famous. He was lonely a little bit. Yeah, I think. I mean, honestly, I think that's why him and I hit it off so good. I mean, with Keith too. Like, 
but I talk to these people like I would talk to my friend, you know, like I call them asshole and stuff, you know, or, you know, hey, you know, whatever. I talk to them like normal people, and I think maybe in their lives they don't get a lot of that. I think they get a lot of people not being real with them. And so maybe that's why, you know, and Dirks become great friends with Dirks because I'm honest with them all the time. You know, it's like, man, that Drunk on a Plane song was terrible. You know what I mean? You know, saying stuff like that and meaning it. It's like, dude, half the fucking world hasn't been on a plane. Why do you think this is going to be a hit? Now, I was completely wrong on that one. Changed his career, but, um, but yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, yeah, he's, Steven is definitely, you know, it, it took me about five hours to the first time we were hanging out, like writing, to get to where I could, like, be normal, you know, and kind of just like, okay. I smoked like 15 cigarettes, and I didn't even smoke. When it comes to American rock royalty, yeah. if we're using that term, who do you put above Steven, Americans, who do you put above Steven Tyler? I mean, I mean Bob Dylan. still alive. There's not much. I mean, maybe Dylan. Paul, Paul McCartney, you know. Uh, but he's not American. Oh, that's true. But like Springsteen? Springsteen would be up there, yeah. But, but Aaron Smith was so commercial. They're there, though. Yeah, you know that's I mean? what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you ha- there's a debate. Any of those. I'm not. Tom I'm, Petty. Yeah, Tom Petty. And I'm not a big Neil Young guy. But I, if someone wanted to argue Neil Young, I would be like, okay. It's like the indie rock version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, I get it. He was. Crosby Stills, Nash Young, right. he's no yeah, but Steve, Stephen Tyler's that of all the Americans, yeah. like he's it that's alive. Icon, you know, it's just like yeah, crazy. And he's a and he's a lot. He is. Did he ever? Did he ever take it down a notch when writing? Does he ever go down? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, like the first couple. I mean, the first couple hours, like he was. There's so much stuff. You ever been to his house? No. That he was, uh, man. And you walk into this room. There's like five dogs. Like the little, one here in town. Yeah. Yeah. Little yip yip dogs. You know. There's like two trainers and an assistant and somebody on the phone that he's yelling at about something in a friendly way. Um, and then there's all this music equipment, like every drum set you'd ever want, like pianos, an amp and a guitar that Johnny Depp gave him. And he tells that story and it's just so much to take in. And then he sits down and starts playing Dream On on the toy piano. And you're just like, how am I supposed to do, how am I supposed to act natural? You know, it's, it's it was a lot, man. But we, you know, we got a cool song. It was one of those really awesome experiences you know which song was it uh it's called somebody from somewhere it was the no well i want somebody from somewhere yeah, yeah. I, I have it up here it's the title track for that record and i got to produce it too he let me i mean he we're all somebody from somewhere some mama some daddy some it's like that's somebody from somewhere right some right little, some left some middle some white yellow black or red yeah we're all somebody from somewhere that's what it is yeah, that's a we are somebody from yeah. somewhere Watching him sing that live in the studio. Oh, you were there when he? Oh, yeah, you produced it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, me and Ryan Gore were in the room, the only ones in the room, and we were just like <laughs> high five and knuckle bumping like every two seconds, you know, because it was. I mean, he did one take, and you're just like, this guy still sounds. Like he, he still did. has it. Oh man, it's great. I saw him uh, live a couple years ago, and again, with my job, you get lucky, you get to do things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so we were we were up. On side stage, and it, he had a prompter. Right. Well, they have so many hits. Like I get it. Oh, I, I need a prompter. I have like one and a half for comedy songs. Yeah, yeah, I just need a prompter for life. Yeah, I need a prompter now. I'm at Sonic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they sounded amazing. Yeah, but, said, well, yeah, they're great. He was. Um, I've met him. I think four times, and each time I've got to spend a little more time with them because 
as my position has grown, you get better access, which, yeah, is, yeah. which is a cool thing. Which is why I'm obviously in the room. Of course, at absolutely. This, it's, it's, it's really a big idea for <laughs> big big deal for me to have you here. Yeah, yeah, I get more right access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but I remember the very first time I met him. I was uh, 19 in oh, Arkansas. Wow. Yeah. He was the kindest person yeah. to a 19 year old. I wasn't a pimple on his butt, man. No. But he was just the nicest guy. I've walked in the airport with him. He's just stop and talk to every everybody that looks at him. Like, and he wants to hear their story. Oh yeah, your mom saw me in something in seventies. Oh, what show was that? You know, what were we at the Walmart thing? Or the, you know what I mean? Like he knows. It's, it's surprising like, too that he's like still alive. Like yeah. just his. He told me the story. We were off the air, and he wouldn't care if I had said this. Um, he was talking about. I was talking about Freddie Mercury because mm-hmm. um, I love Queen, and I'm one of the guys that think there are a few artists that I can see that if they put out the same music today, it would still be relevant. Right. And like, I think Queen's one of oh, them. Yeah. I think Biggie's one of them. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and I was talking about Queen, I was, and he was like, uh, Freddie, you open for me. You know, yeah. and, and he was like, he, he says that about a lot of people, by the way. Oh, he does? Yeah, he, has, he, yeah. he was like, he was open for me. He said, he, 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 rode, he rode the bus. He yeah. rode in the back of the bus. We gave him like one bunk and like three of them shared it. And, <laughs> And I was like, dude, that's crazy. Like, to think they've been around 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010. Dude, we're in 2017. Yeah. I think this is the last two, I think. Yeah, but they've said that a few times. Like, I get it. But that's five decades. Yeah. Yeah. I saw them last week or two weeks ago at a download festival in Donington, England. We played right before them. And it was unreal. Isn't the vibe though weird? Like when you really know what's Joe going. Joe and him yeah. seem to have a little bit, but they seem to be getting along. But but it's like Keith and Mick. Yeah. Like you know that that's like a marriage that's together because it's healthier together right. than not. But it both kind of it's it's awesome and it sucks at the same time. I think it's helped since I think Joe got sober, so I think that things are a little easier in that world. But I, mean, I hung out with him and it was. Cool. I mean, you know, in my mind, I'm I'm the little reporter from Almost Famous. You know, like freaking yeah. out, trying to keep my cool. And uh, but yeah, man, they're a great show though. Still, still sound great. What about you? It's such a dynamic. And I mean, look at you guys. How do you guys stay? Together? I mean, that's a lot of time with people. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're three kids from downtown Nashville you know what I mean so it's like, I know but like you know when you have a similar dream and you have all you know is the three of us like but you get wives and yeah, kids yeah but all and, our wives are friends you know it's just it's kind of like a big family you know it's it's a lot of fun well all we wanted to do was get on a bus you know and then we went on the bus we made it you know got on the bus and now the next thing is we want to headline the ramen headline the ramen next thing you know we want to start touring Europe touring Europe selling out you know so it's like you're doing so much and you're doing it all together it's it's it doesn't get old really it's kind of just like it's a lot of high fives going on oh okay how about this wrinkle because you're all you know kind of like three but you're have different success levels riding Mm -hmm. so it's not like your bank accounts are all the same yeah so are you buying dinner most of the time i buy dinner a lot yeah i mean is there resentment because no i mean they've seen how hard i've worked you know when but do you understand the question like is there resentment because i mean i hope not i'd like to think that you got a you got a freaking monster truck out here with a tesla at home (laughs) i'm a dick (laughs) i'm just no this is a real life question i'm the one that jumped into the tesla thing i shouldn't have said that (laughs) the guys you know um we all worked we worked together really well we all 
deserve everything that we have and we all know that like Neil learned how to write songs you know what I mean the drummer he got published in Dylan he's made a very very lucrative you know situation out of it and he's doing really well um, Kelby if Kelby Kelby doesn't really like writing songs as much you know he does it when he wants to but it's not, it's not his thing he like he likes riding his Harley and playing lap stool and smoking weed you know what I mean like that's Kelby um, and, he, and there's no resentment like no that, man because I mean, we I mean I've known him since he was 13 you know what I mean so it's like and if, if you ever any of these guys or if I ever need anything they obviously know I mean you don't you're not gonna find a tighter unit of people you know what I mean like it's just what it is because we grew up together um, but no I don't think to answer your question I don't think there's any resentment who is it that you see right now that you're like they're, they're just good like they're good TJ and John real good Brothers Osborne yeah that's that I heard some of their new record the other night we played with them and it, it's irritating almost to a point because they're they're really good and they you know we kind of act like brothers they actually are brothers which is a really cool thing and there's two of the best dude. I mean do you know those guys yeah, I, I know John well John and Lucy well yeah so awesome you know so I, I'm just so happy for them we're actually taking them to open our uh, November European tour so that's going to be a mess John played we uh, we did a show at the Ryman and we asked Oz, uh, brothers to come out with us Brother, sorry Brothers Osborne so it don't sound cool yeah it don't sound too cool okay, no, okay. Uh, yeah um, we had brother, we say, hey, come play with, come play with us. And I felt like you could make the call. John's a friend. You never want to ask your friends to do a lot of business stuff because there's that line. Right. But then if you're so good of friends, you can be like, hey, can you come out Saturday night and play? Right. And so right. I was like, hey, will you guys come do you know a couple songs? We're, yeah. we're playing the rhyming. And I've seen John play before, but only like acoustic. And there's a difference than when he gets that electric. He's disgusting. I mean, it's like me walking down the street, him playing an electric guitar. It's just there's not. So you 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 look and walk down the street. I'm super really cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, like I, it with ease, and yeah. I'm super cool. Yeah, no, it, it's he's there's one other guitar player in town that's I, that I and it's not like a, it's just a different thing. Jack, Hold on, don't Jack, say. Well, uh, who are you? Gonna, now, I was gonna guess who, who are you gonna Jack say? Jack Pearson is just blues guy. He's plays, he used to play with Almond Brothers and stuff. But John is by far like my favorite guitar player in town I think he's just disgusting you know and he's super it's tasty and cool and he's not doing every lick that everybody else is doing yeah. you know what I mean I got a, a buddy that produces television shows and he was like you know we're gonna give Brothers Osborne and, uh, I don't, I'll tell a story I don't, he won't care he's like we're gonna give Brothers Osborne some time on uh, CMA Fest and it's coming up I was like cool and he goes another buddy I had I was like who is Brothers Osborne like he's from California right and he's like you know two brothers are good I think you're gonna like them and he's like nah I don't think I'm gonna like them like he'd listen to a couple songs you know pull what's them not up. to like well he played a couple songs but you know he's not a country music guy right. he's not really a rock guy he lives in LA more of a hip hop guy yeah also you look at him he's that big beard it's just a thing like you have to fully take right. it in to, to appreciate <laughs> it yeah and so he they're at um, Nissan or whatever it's called. It's called Nissan Stadium now? I don't even know. Man. LP Field? Whatever, whatever it's now where the Titans play, where they have... Yeah, yeah. And he comes up and goes, hey, who's, who's playing out there? And the guy goes, his brother's off. And he goes, holy. Like, they yeah. need to be on. And I think on the show that, that's going to come out, like, I think there's like a four-minute John Solo on it. Oh, that's great. Where he's just crushing it. Dude, he, yeah. And you don't put that on TV unless it's just so freaking good. Yeah. Like, on um, their first single... On the album cut, there was there's like a seven minute solo on yeah, the backside yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, it's really good too. 
It just sits on it. That guy keeps holding up his hand. It says Blue Apron. Oh, I, oh, I got to do a Blue Apron. Saying. Oh, yeah, my bad. I didn't even know. It's kind of bugging me. I was in a conversation over here. All right, all right, all right. Let me talk about uh, Blue Apron for a second. Blue Apron is awesome because it comes right to your door. Blue Apron is awesome because there are meals in this that you can make that you would never be able to make if it wasn't for Blue Apron. Blue Apron is awesome because it's affordable. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients, and you can make some delicious home-cooked meals. The variety is crazy because new recipes every week or let the culinary team just surprise you. Ooh, that's like Vegas-style Blue Apron. Recipes are not repeated within a year, so you'll never get bored to. And each meal comes with what you'll need. Well, maybe what I need. More than what you need. The easy-to-follow step-by-step recipe card. Pre-portioned ingredients. You can make a meal. Your home cooked meal. 40 minutes or less. Like you can have them all at the house. Be like, I'll take this one right now. Boom. There it is. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee. But let me say this. This week's menu. Just check it out. And get your first three meals for free with free shipping. Blueapron.com slash bobbycast. Blueapron.com slash bobbycast. That's one word. Blueapron.com slash bobbycast. You'll love how good it tastes. And it's just a better way to cook and it's easy. Blueapron.com slash bobbycast. All right, so let's talk about this. Uh, let's, let's talk about Cadillac 3 for a second. And get Radio World or whatever. Yeah, he's, produ- he's, he's being a good producer. Right? Yeah, no, it's Listen, we don't get to have this. Thing. Like, we got two million people last, last month, right? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But the only reason we get to do it is because people like Blue Apron. I love so, like, it. It'll be a sponsor. I eat Blue Apron. It's delicious. You know, do you eat Blue Apron? No, no. Okay, you should, though. They come, <laughs> like, as you said, they come right, right to your now. door. So does Postmates. They do. But Blue, there's a difference. You have to cook the Blue Apron thing, though, right? The Blue Apron is like if you cook at home and... It's like, what do we want? They got all these different things. Hey, listen, you and the wife get the kid there. Right, right, right. Make food. Hey, listen, I'm not trying to eat. Yeah. yeah let's let's get, get back to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's talk about this, this new record. And so people listen to this thing for months and months after the fact. Cause it's a difference in podcast and radio. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to play this one here. So, yeah? Yeah. Who, who wrote this one? Me and uh, Jonathan Singleton, uh, Singleton and Neil on the back of the bus. The back of the bus writing is always weird to me. Like, you like riding on the bus? I just, we're on it so I mean, I have to keep writing, so you just, we wrote half this record on that bus, but we've got a little studio in the back, and it's it's really homey, it's cool, you know? Because we, we'll take the bus, and I'm just, I just want to sleep. I don't get a lot of sleep anyway, so maybe right. that's why I wake up at three in the morning. And you always sleep really good on the bus because it's cold and dark. It's and a little cold, and you're, and you're just moving just a bit. Yeah, nobody to mess with you. It feels like when I was a kid, we used to ride, ride around the back of the camper. Like, we'd go, we'd go 30 miles being a camper show. Yeah. You'd get in a sleeping bag, yeah, drive crazy. through Arkansas. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. So, I, yeah, the bus. Like, there's too many people. How many people would put on the bus, though? You got multiple buses now? No, we just, I'm going to take a family one out later in the year, but this one is just, there's... Three, only three dudes, and then we have four crew, so seven of us total. That's it. Yeah, so we have the condo bunks. It's really cool. The, and I'll say about you guys, what's cool is there are three of you on stage. Yeah, like here it is. Yeah, no tracks, no no. No punch in the face. It's three of us. Like here, we, it's you know what it reminds. First time I watched you guys when I first moved to town, it was I was like, this is like the Southern Rock Green Day is what I felt it. Really go Nirvana, but. <laughs> 
Just, I'm just telling you what I felt in my head. I'm you just can't, telling you what I was thinking when I was walking down the road looking really cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, Forever Green Day, it was just those three. Right. Like, yeah. that was it. Yeah, but great. Nirvana put a – Pat Smear, what, Pat Smear yeah, he yeah. got in as the fourth for a while. Yeah, but that really wasn't until, like, the acoustic thing, right? But then he was part of it too for a bit, which, yeah. by the way, he's a Foo Fighter now. Yeah, you know? which is awesome. But that's why I didn't think Nirvana, because I'm such a Nirvana fan, right, that right, I put right. Pat in my head. All right, I'm with you on the Green Day thing. No, yeah. you're not. You insulted, <laughs> no, you insulted totally me a little bit. You. No. You're like, ah, no, I was going Nirvana. Yeah. But I felt like I was like, because I always thought it was cool that Green Day would just get up right. with three freaking guys. Like Billy Joe would play the guitar. They, yeah. It was just boom, boom, boom. And it was just you three. I was like, there's a lot coming from those three. Yeah, they're, they're I, mean, that's, I mean, that's the idea. It's easy top. You know, that's kind of where we get our thing from, is just. We were going to add somebody in the beginning, and we were just like, God, I wish there was a way we could figure out how Kelby could play lap steel and bass at the same time. And he's like, well, hang on. <laughs> Plug these pedals up, and it was like, and we were like, oh, hell yeah. One less guy to pay. <laughs> Done. Is it a, like a philosophy? You just don't want to play any track at all? Like, is that no, a, like- I mean, it's just, we don't use clicks, so we all kind of, if you notice, like, if you watch us play, we kind of move to get like a lot of tempo changes, and it's some of it's accidental, some of it's just I'm I just go into a riff and we are ripping off Muse or somebody, you know what I mean, whatever. And Neil just goes with it, and it's like to do all that stuff, you have to put your whole show on a yeah thing, and we've never done that. We don't even have a set list. We never know what we're gonna play. Like we have kind of a skeleton sometimes, but we we'll go out there and like our guitar text like can, on the radio, can we get an opener, please? So we know our guitars to hand you. And like two minutes before we go, we just kind of call it. So it, it would kind of take out a lot of that thing, you know. How much pressure are you putting yourself with this album? I mean, we a lot. We put it out within a year of the last record, which is, you know, I think us cutting a song like Legacy too, and 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 not giving that away when a lot of people wanted it. I think, um, and I, I just had a kid. Kelby just got married it kind of says where we are in life too and it's it's. I'm really proud of that song I think this this record opens some doors for us and um, gives the old fans what they want also shows the right amount of growth because we'd be lying to you if we said we didn't want to be the biggest band in the world and I think the records that we're making and we're doing it by ourselves we're heading in a, a direction that's you know we're doing. We're moving up. It's good. Is it weird to see bands be knockoff, kind of like three bands, and actually have hits yeah, yeah. when they're knocking off of you guys? Yeah. And I mean, because I, I see. You it. said I was gonna start crying. Just, <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting to talk about yeah. this for. Bobby, a year. let me tell you about it, man. It's like that Cuba Gooden Jr. thing and uh, Jerry Maguire. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. All right, go ahead. So. But because yeah. I've seen it, I see it with my eyeballs. Like I've yeah. seen. Got like three knockoffs. Yeah, it's frustrating. And 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 them get hits. You know the thing is about those bands. A lot of times is, or artists. You know, a lot of artists are doing it. Like just single guys are doing it, and they still can't sell five hundred tickets in their hometown, which is sad. So I mean, I think our thing is, you know, we're just doing what we're doing, keeping our head down, and writing as good a song as we can write, making good as re- good records as we can write, and playing as many shows as we can, and not just here worldwide, and that's. Something that, when it does hit, it's going to be something fun to take advantage of. And everybody's going to have a good day that day because it's going to be like, oh, wow. Now we get to see somebody who's who's put the work in get to see both sides of that success. You know what I mean? Yeah, for, uh, like Things like Spotify streams frustrate me, too, when you bring that up. Because I may have 20 million Spotify streams. And like I have friends that uh, right. be like, hey, I just hit 25 million Spotify streams. I'm like, 
Yeah. And how's that working that, out? What does that mean? Yeah. How's that working out for you? Like, right. well, I'm, I, I can't sell out a bar yet, but right. in, in their serious, like, one, t- yeah, it does help a lot. I'm sure, but you don't. I don't think it's something like that you see. There's not a translation no. from Spotify streams to being able to actually go out and make money. Yeah, and you definitely don't see it for sales because they the, think the worst. Yeah, and not because Spotify, Apple Music, Title, even iHeartRadio has gotten the streaming game. Not because they're trying to hurt anybody, because there are no rules. Right. right. And like I have a buddy Lee Miller who goes and yeah. testifies. Oh, he's one of my dude. I wrote Southern Girl with him. Yeah, yeah. So like that's like one of my cl- close friends. Yeah, he's awesome. And so he goes and sits in front of Congress and is like. I did the billboard. They do this list, and it's like most powerful 100 people in the country, which is pretty much everybody. Like, right. They have to include everybody. So right. they put me in there like, hey, what's the question? that? Uh, what, what's the thing? And I'm like, you got to pay songwriters. Right, like, right. That's, what I, that's what my answer was. Yeah. It's like because Jesse Alexander was in here, and I was talking to her, and you know she wrote The Climb for Miley Cyrus. It's almost yeah. like seven formats, number one. Yeah. And she's written... You know, I drive your truck for Lee Bryce, and mm-hmm. she said I've made more money singing background vocals from streams yeah. than I have writing these massive songs because the the rules just aren't there. It's wild, and to to watch Lee do that, I mean, you've seen those recordings of him, how well spoken he is. Like he's crazy, Lee Miller. Oh, Lee Miller. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they meant Lee Bryce. No, I was like, no. I haven't seen him be that well spoken. No, he's definitely not. No, no, no. I I'm like, that's. <laughs> dude, I was giving you the, the weirdest thing because I was like, I've never yeah, seen Lee Bryce be well spoken. <laughs> Lee Bryce is really well spoken at four in the morning. Um, but no. Yeah, but, Lee. But Lee's a monster. Yeah. He's he's really standing up for all this. It's really good because they asked me to go up there one time and do a thing with him and sit on a board, me, him, and Chris Stefano. And I was like, I don't think you want this guy up there in D.C. trying to get him, you know, to to improve whatever. When you have to look formal, do you put your hair in a ponytail or do you just leave it down? I mean, it just kind of does what it does, you know. I look weird in a ponytail. Um, So, yeah. When are you going to like James Hetfeld and just completely? (laughs) We all said, maybe next record. Maybe next record. (laughs) I just don't. I don't look as cool, you know, and I like my long hair. and My kid likes it now, too, so. It's kind of fun. Got a kid, man. Yeah, it's wild. Jude. Jude the dude. Do you find yourself, though, like living your lifestyle on the road even a little less hard? Yeah, I've had to, definitely. Plus, you don't want to get that phone call at the, you know, because six in the morning, five in the morning, that mama and him are ready to go, whether or not I got hammered the night before. So I kind of, I try to ease up a little bit on it. Do you, because you... Like if you can't sing, you can't. You guys can't really play. Right. Do you have to take care of yourself better than they do? No, I mean honestly, I've, I've been really lucky there. I've never, I've never had any issues, and I know a lot of my friends, Keith and Chase Rice, had, they had to hit vocal or the polish. nodes. Yeah, yeah Jimmy honest, from yeah, yeah. little big time. And so I just, I never had to do that. Granted, I've never gone to the doctor and said, "Hey, check my shit out." So it could be bad. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, but I've never. I don't know if it's just the way I sing or whatever, but. I've gotten lucky on that one. Granted, if you kick it too hard, like ACMs, four nights in a row in Vegas, and then you have to go play five shows, it's probably not going to be good. But you ever hold it back um, and give people a kind of a little slightly sucky show because you know you got a bigger one coming up? No, I don't ever do that. Kind of, I've never been that kind of guy. I usually kind of go for it, and if, it'll it'll work out somehow. You know. Here's this one. I can hear you guys doing this. This is on our first record. Yeah, we do. We do this one. Oh, 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 oh. 
Maybe I have heard you guys do that. That's why I think that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe that's why. I saw Drake White yesterday at Water... Yeah, yeah they just blurred together, dude. Yeah, no. I saw Drake White yesterday at Watershed, and uh, he now has a creepy single mustache. Have you seen Drake lately? No. He looked... I saw a picture. He looked real skinny, though. Skinny and only has, a, like, a single mustache. And I walked up to him, and he's still wearing the hat, but I was like, that's not Drake. And what's I'll, he doing now? What's he, what's, he, what's he doing that for? I don't know. I didn't go up and talk... And I, I know his wife, and I know right. Drake, Alex, yeah. and I, but I was like, that's not him. Too skinny, too creepy of a mustache. And then I was looking at pictures of other people playing Watershed. I wanted to see what was happening around. Right. And I was like, that's freaking Drake. That, that's the skinny guy with the single mustache. Yeah. This with Tom, too. Tom and Luke. Yeah. You think about, we were talking about you walking in with, and, and sent with Steven Tyler. You think of an artist that came in now that's a, We'd know who it was that was a little frozen when they walked in. Had to write with you. Um, it happens with a lot of younger, the younger new artists. Uh, I don't know if you, you know. It doesn't matter, but yeah, some. I mean, it happens every now and then, and I usually don't hear about it until the co-writer was like, "Hey, man, they were they were really excited." And I was like, "Oh, cool, you know, that's pretty neat." Anybody that's kind of made it, and you want to say no? Yeah, I can't. I mean. Because then it makes me look. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I mean, I mean, every time Dirks gets to write with me, he freaks out. Yeah, <laughs> I actually saw him on the way over here. But Dirks, yeah, he was doing that white tank thing. He drives. But no, I mean, I don't know, dude. I, you know, I just try to write songs and hope that people. I get you playing. Okay, you don't throw anybody. That's yeah, all right. Man. It's not even a bust to throw money. I just ask a question. Like, oh, who, who would come in? Is probably a little nervous to write with you. I think. I don't know, man. I'm a pretty big deal, Bobby. That's what I'm saying. You ought to see me walk down the road. Yeah. Do you walk like me? Because <laughs> yes, when I walk, people notice. People <laughs> yeah, for sure. What do you think about this project? Because I know, because I tell you how I thought. I'll be honest with you. I, I thought Steven Tyler thought it never worked. It's never gonna work. Right. But it doesn't matter. Like this is That's, freaking Steven Tyler. That was pretty much my thing. I didn't think it was gonna work at country radio. Um, being in a band. That is a little left, you know. Um, I just and I I'd heard a lot of the record that they were making, and I love all the people that were involved. But I was like, it kind of felt, it kind of felt a little forced at some points, you know, like for the the country radio uh, songs that they were throwing out there. I kind of felt like maybe they should have just gone and done a rootsy, cool record, you know, and a la Robert Plant, that that whole world. Allison Cross, yeah, Robert you know what I mean, like yeah. and just kind of do your own thing and not really try to go straight through the throat, um, but. What do I know? It's freaking Steven Tyler. No, I felt the same way. Yeah. I was like, it's never, never going to work. Right. But I don't care. When do I get to sit and talk right. for an hour and then afterward hang out with Steven Tyler? Dude, I, know, w- I wish our whole, that whole record would have been more along the lines of what, what we did just because it was, granted, it's up my alley, but like, I love hearing him sing like that. But, you know, shoot, listen to Jaded and all those uh, uh, crying and um, I may, or uh, whatever the list of Silverstone video was I can't remember but those are like Carrie Underwood songs these days you know what I mean that would work right and so I guess that's kind of what they were thinking I don't know this is my favorite uh, story from you guys I don't know which one of you it was because it was like 100 miles an hour area I was walking through and uh, we're talking about Lightning uh, no it wasn't Lightning 100 although it's a really good station I listen to Lightning 100 a lot it was uh, Alt 93 and I used to do afternoons on Alt. I used to oh, do a yeah, fake yeah. character I, it's called Slappy and Zeus and we used oh to, cool yeah. we used to be afternoons and uh I think it was your your drummer. He was like, "Yeah, I was talking about station." It's like, "Yeah, I do uh, alter, uh, alternative stations too." And he was like, "He was like, what's your name?" I was like, "Well, we have to use fake names because 
you know, right. the country guy. Right. Bobby's my real name, but I, I'm like a slappy. He's like, you're slappy and Zeus from the afternoons. All, I was like, yeah, dude. He's like, no, oh, so he thought I was cooler. That was that dude from the alternative station than I was the, the morning guy. That's five million listeners on, yeah. on country radio. That tells you where our heads are, you know. He was like, dog. He's like, listen to you every afternoon. That's awesome. That's funny. And I was like, okay, well, let's do a country interview now. Yeah. All right, it's Bobby here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let me see what else. Let's see if I got anything else here I want to throw up here. That's funny. Oh, yeah. Now, this is not one I would hear you guys cut. What song made you the most money of all these? I think probably that one. Beachin'? I think that one definitely sold the most. Um, probably, you know, I don't, a lot of them were like, like Sunshine and Whiskey probably was pretty good because it was on the chart for a year and it's a two right. Um, but I mean, the American Country Love Song was a big one. Like, um, yeah, I don't I mean, What are you still getting checks for of all these? Uh, probably American Country Love Song. And then uh, Southern Girl was a big one too. Yeah. Uh, Something goes big one a little bit back though. Yeah. Where was it? Because if you're gonna fly us first, Southern Girl had to fit early in that. Second. Yeah, it had to fit early in that. I have some American Bank stuff here. You bastard. Yeah. Like real life Nashville people, they're like, oh, they they, right. they play the cool card with you guys. Right. They're like. T three, nah, nah, nah. American Bank. That's why I used to watch. Give me like, some whiskey, walk, dog. Yeah, like, no, like, you don't even know. You don't yeah. even know. Like, we used to go watch American Bank. That was I was like, a good time. I'm man. like, I'm not trying to fight with you about it. Have, yeah. you, have you seen me walk? Like, I got my own thing going. Here. I'm a walker. I'm a dude. great walker. <laughs> what was up with that? What, what, what's the name changing about? Um, Warner Brothers. We were signed to Warner Brothers LA. Tom Wally was running the label, and big mishap. We spent millions of dollars on that record, but Bob Rock produced it. it was, we did it, recorded it in Maui. It was pretty wild. Lived there for like two months. Um, as soon as the record came out, they fired everybody, and we got dropped. So it's your classic major label story. We're on the label for seven years, and so we it just it was a real huge bummer. So you can't keep the name. Do they own the name, or do you? No, just no. Go I just was done mentally with that whole situation so that was in December and then in January of 2011 we went in with Dave Cobb and started this band and it's been good ever since has it? yeah ever been a minute where you've been like I don't know if we can do this anymore dude we just, we spent the first three years in this band in a van going back and forth to Texas it was brutal but we were building you know what I mean why Texas? because uh, we signed a manager signed front with a manager down there and I just liked the fact that they were people down there making a living. Who's your manager? Triple Eight. Yeah. Bruce, so Austin. Bruce and George. Yeah, yeah, they're in Austin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I was before I moved here. I was in Austin for thirteen years. It's yeah, like yeah. home to me. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time there, and um, it was it was really fun because we got to build this thing down there, and then you know you hit Little Rock and you hit um, Memphis and you hit everything in between. You know, you go up into Oklahoma, you go up into Kansas, and so we built this cool thing, and we got to a point where we couldn't get it any bigger without a partner so we signed with a label and it's been great I mean we've done it all. everything we've done we've done our way without anybody else putting any ideas you know down there's no other cooks which is killer you know if we need help we ask for it I wonder uh, like Rascal Flats they don't like to be called the Rascal Flats like that that pisses them off they will treat you differently if you do because they know you don't know. Right. Like, they're like, okay, you don't even know. You're posing. Yeah, yeah. Like, stop acting like... <laughs> that's stop. like us and people call us Cadillac 3. Okay, so... <laughs> is it? That's that's my question. Yeah, we hate that. That's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say. Like, if some... Or 
the number three, they spell it out. I don't know, like what's that the, doesn't matter as much. It's but why? Okay, they're not. They're both. I guess it's like because people a lot of times. Okay, we've got Cadillac Three here. It's not as epic. A eh? there's three <laughs> dudes. We are the Cadillac Three. You know what I mean? It's not like you. I, Kelby but has a great way of explaining this. Do you understand though that it's such a weird little thing that humans? I know. Do like the word of the mm-hmm. means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> But I do understand how you're right. saying it's the Cadillac 3. Right. But for me, like, I didn't know this was a thing with you. Like, I'm learning right now. Right. Well, you wouldn't just go, Bobby Bones Show. You go, The Bobby Bones Show. No, I wouldn't. Uh, do you not do the? I don't care. It's the word the. Who cares? But you, know, you say that, though, don't you? Uh, sometimes. I, I listen to it. But I'm you, pretty but sure. I, no, but I'm going to tell you what. I don't do it and not do it consciously. But you're not worried about it, is what you're saying. Some people be like, hey, I'll go on. on oh, Bobby Bones on Show. Bobby Bones. Well, that makes more sense than. But I'm just saying hey, we're, it's playing, the, we're playing with Cadillac Three. That sucks. Let me no. I, and you're, if that's your thing, <laughs> I'm glad to know that because I didn't know it that. Doesn't matter really, but it's just when we go into situations. It, what makes us mad is when we go into a radio situation or whatever, and obviously this guy is like, you know, he hasn't done any homework, has no idea that the success that we built, you know, this song thing too, and he gets in a. Okay, we've got Cadillac 3 here, uh, so tell me about yourselves. You know, that kind of stuff. And you're just like, oh, I hate you, man. You know, I don't want to be here at all right now. Uh, and that's happened to us many times. And then they'll be like, well, why don't... I think we had acoustics. He goes, dude, why don't you play a ballad? I got you. I bet Cadillac 3 can't play a ballad. And so I sat and played Meanwhile Back at Mama's. And he goes, well, play one that you wrote. And I go, ugh. <laughs> Dude, and we got him in left. It's it actually in Arkansas, of all places. It was brutal. But yeah, our radio guy was just like sitting there, just going like, "I can't even save this guy because he's just, you know, he's just digging a thing." And we were, the you need the the you need the the. It's good that I know that because I didn't know that. Well, it's not like a. <laughs> it is. You're making this more of a thing. No, no, I'm not. It is a thing, and I'm glad. I don't I, want to be compared to Gary have, and them because they don't want to be called. No, no. Oh, okay, Twenty One Pilots. Pilots, for example. They like to have their names spelled out. You don't use the number two one. Oh, okay, cool. That's why I'm asking. Like everybody has the, their little things that mean something to them that people would just be like, "Yeah, you know, just say it how it comes." It to really mind. bothers Kelby, our lap still player. Like if we're in a radio station, he'll he'll say something to the guy, <laughs> or if it's written on a on a dressing room sign and it just says Cadillac Three, which is stupid. Think about it. You, if you're reading it, come on, you want to see the Cadillac Three, right, Bobby? You do. You do, but some people may think that you're just named. Again, right? There are a million lights and flickers and YouTube videos yeah. and bands. I know you don't want to hear this, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you hear it as a, it's like the dog walks down the street. Maybe it's like the Cadillac Three, right? But I'm glad. T- I what, see what you're saying. I'm the, and you're not wrong. I no. just wanted to know. No, and you are. I'm just saying. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. That's fine. No. So, what about if people call you TC Three? I like that. Are you cool with that? When people know, that means we're doing something. You know what I mean? When people are saying a nickname for something, that means there's some there's a reason to do that. Oh, cool. You know, I don't know. I I, don't, I like that because it's I'm a big fan of like the the way that looks written out too. Because I kind of did the first drawing of it. We were broke and didn't have nobody doing any artwork. It's always where the best stuff comes from, though. No, no, dude. We still use a lot of that stuff. All the skulls and stuff. It's like the early, you know, we talk about it. And we want to talk about it on the radio show a bunch, but we talk about it off or on. But it's like early art when people are like, whew, it's probably going to be in trouble for saying, but like Kurt Cobain, when he was really, really right. messed up, created the best. That thing, yeah. Like, 
That's killer. Man. Steve Jobs was like LSD opened my eyeballs and opened my brain to things I never. And I've never for thinking of me, I've never touched a drug or I drink alcohol or because right. my family all died from it. Like right. they're all like. <laughs> so I just knew from I was like eight years old. Like I'm done. Right. Like I will die of it if right. I take. I would love it. Like I would love it. I, I right now I'd love it. Like a god, it'd be amazing. Right. I'd be the best at it too. <laughs> Because I don't, I do. I don't know that you would hear you talk about it. I do everything like zero or one hundred. It's like Stephen. I would turn it into a game. Yeah, you would win. And I yes, yes, until I lost. I would win until it was over. Yeah. yeah. But I was speaking to Stephen. I remember talking to Stephen. He'd be like, "I don't remember years of my life." Yeah. So he'd say, "Like I I have no idea." He was heavy in the needle. That thing hard. Cocaine and needle was pretty. The needle, I. I'm scared of needles. It must me too. It must be so good feeling, yeah. but I couldn't even do it the first time. I guess unless I was so messed up that the needle wouldn't even bother me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not a needle guy. I don't know. It's like to be drunk. It seems like it'd be amazing though. It's pretty fun. That's what I'm saying. Like it seems like it'd be. I can't even go to sleep at night because I get. I'm, I'm so anxious. Yeah, I sleep pretty good. My friends are like, and I've had people like smoke weed. Like it'll make you. It'll take you down. Yeah. But in Tennessee, it's still illegal. That's true. Like but where we just were, and well, we were in California, but yeah, actually, no, I don't think Washington. Yeah. It's uh, I was reading about. Listen, I'm a nerd, right? I was reading about crops in Washington. Number one's apples. Number two is potatoes. <laughs> number no, listen, this is what I do. This, this is, like, is song. This is song. Uh, I go research. places and I just read stuff. I like to read about everywhere I am, people I am, and like marijuana is like third or fourth on the list, but it's a whole. Let's legalize it. Right. I think maybe medicinally, it's maybe uh, there. Yeah, not recreational yet or something. All right. Yeah, weed's good. Anything else you want to say? I'm good, man. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm good, too. I've learned a little bit. Yeah. Let's see. I'm just looking here to make sure nobody yells at me for not saying that. Because you guys have diehard fans. And, and diehard fans are... You guys with diehard fans are annoying sometimes, man. <laughs> That's good. My wife actually said she is... She goes, are you sure this is not set up by one of your crazy fans? I was like, who'd you hear this from? I go... No, I talked to the producer and everything. I, I, it should be good. And I, then I started thinking about it on the way over here. I was like... Fuck! What, what, you just drive over to somebody's house. Yeah, I was going to some house in, in Sylvan Park. And I was like, "Oh no!" You know, and then I, was, then I pulled up. I kind of looked, scoped it from. I get um, like, uh, wow, who was it came over? And we've done again. You talk about rights. I've done eighty of these, right? In right, the past, right. whatever. He came over and he walked around. And he was like, "That child's would be bigger." And I was like. <laughs> I was like, dude, I live by myself. Right. I, what do I? I don't. I'm this good. Is a great house, man. Yeah, it's cool. And this neighborhood is like. I like turning. it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't have an HOA. Like, there's no. There are no rules. It's like international no. waters up here. I can write, put my trash on the street. Nobody yeah. cares. You can take a dump out there. Nobody. Yeah. No problem. You can, yeah. you can park your jeep like a dick. Yeah. So and nobody my, else can get in. In your own. And drive. I'm even sideways. But again, <laughs> it was. I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh man. All right. Uh, Cadillac three. I don't know when you hear you're gonna hear this, but if you're hearing this before the record comes out, because it's out August 25th. Yeah. The, so uh, the Cadillac three record called Legend. No Legacy. Legacy. But I know where you got that from. Somebody put out a single just now called Legend, and I was like, dang. Oh, Kelsey did. Oh, Kelsey Bellamy. Yeah. yeah, Kelsey did. That's not as good. It's not. Yeah. So I love uh, you, Kelsey. The Legacy, Legacy. August 25th. Yeah. From. What I like to call them, Caddy Three. Yeah, <laughs> Caddy A. Caddy like three. The Caddy like three. Uh, it's been fun. I appreciate you coming to the house. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good. Uh, all right, that's it. What, what episode is Mike? Seventy-three. Seventy-three over. Uh, all right, Jaron Johnson from the Caddy like three. We'll see you next time. Thanks.